after South LA erupted in anger 30 years ago, government officials promised to end the community's economic disparity once and for all and invest. When Los Angeles was ravaged by riots, we created a revitalization zone, a place where rules and regulations take a back seat to jobs and opportunity. It's a promise many say remains unfulfilled. Even today, if you go into South Central LA, like Manchester and what is that? Vermont. Oh, the lot right there. Oh God, it looks horrifying. But is that finally going to change? I'm Gustavo Ariano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. It's Friday, April 29th, 2022. Today, part two of our LA riots anniversary coverage. Can a new rail line be that economic fix that South LA never got? Here to talk to me about all this is my LA Times colleague, business reporter Samantha Masunaga. Samantha, welcome to the Times. Hi, thanks for having me, Gustavo. So yesterday, we heard from a few of our colleagues about what actually went down in 1992 in Los Angeles, specifically in South LA. Today, we're going to look at 30 years of promises to rebuild it. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with Southern California, what is South LA? So South LA is a huge region in the area. It's about the size of San Francisco, and it's made up of more than 20 neighborhoods. Um, There's Leimert Park, there's Crenshaw, Baldwin Hills, And it's all south of the 10 freeway, a huge area. Historically, it was a Black community. Over the years, the community has become more Latino. The Black community has shrunk a little bit. Socioeconomically, the neighborhoods are incredibly diverse. There are homes with really high value, huge houses. There's also parts of the region that face a lot of poverty. And in your reporting, you met up with a youth organizer there, Jathan Melendez, and also a bookstore owner, James Fugate. What did they have to say about South L.A.? So Jathan has lived there at least a decade of his life. He has seen the neighborhood change. And so for me, over the last 10 years, I I noticed that there has been a lot more affordable housing developments in South L.A., so that's a beautiful thing. He's pretty hopeful about its future. He works on a lot of campaigns to improve the area along with other longtime residents. Over the years, we were able to transform that park and make it a a little more of a healthy space. There's a library that folks can take advantage of and and utilize that resource. There's a couple of great things happening uh, in the community. So Jathan has talked a lot about how this area is a food desert. There's no Trader Joe's, there's no Sprouts. It's hard to get fresh food. There's a lack of grocery stores in the area. So. Again, when you think about fresh food options, it's scarce in South LA. I mean, if you look at the employment rates in South LA, it doesn't add up to how much healthy food options cost. So a lot of folks will go to unhealthy alternatives, McDonald's. So while he is optimistic about its future, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed now to improve the quality of life for so many residents. James has owned his bookstore in Lamert Park for a long time. Before that, they were in other parts of the city, Inglewood and elsewhere. 
And so when I got out of college, I ended up working for a small bookstore and they had a significant selection of black books. And he is fairly confident um, about his bookstore continuing. He is worried about his fellow businesses, though, and, and whether they'll be able to last for the next 30 years. I don't think they're willing to maybe invest in opening up places down there. And then we also don't talk to some of these businesses about if you do open up a supermarket, what kind of loss are you experiencing from theft and those kind of problems? Samantha, what was the economic situation like in South L.A. around the time of the 92 riots? It was really difficult. The 90s were a time when L.A. County's sprawling aerospace industry was really contracting. There were cutbacks in defense spending because it was the end of the Cold War. And so a lot of aerospace workers were losing their jobs. At the same time, there was a lot of deindustrialization happening. There was a tire plant that was in South L.A., That closed, that meant a lot of residents in South L.A. were losing their jobs, in addition to the aerospace jobs. And that was really frustrating to a lot of people. And when the riots happened in April of 1992, they just devastated South L.A. and other parts of the city as well. Just over a billion dollars in property damage, at least 63 people killed. But I remember especially politicians, they all came down to South L.A. at press conferences. They were promising We're going to redevelop everything. We're going to bring investment. We're going to bring back South L.A. to what it was. How did it go? There wasn't a lot done after that. There were huge promises to rebuild L.A., that there was going to be a lot of investment, that private companies would come in and set up the stores that they never did initially. And a lot of the issues still remain. You know, there's still issues with food access. There's still not large stores that set up in South L.A., And residents say that there are still vacant lots that have nothing on them. They've been vacant for the last 30 years. It was an empty lot there. I believe the one on on Martin Luther King and Western was also an empty lot. So there's property to be developed and corporations and others don't want to come in. There were too many empty lots in this area specifically. South L.A.'s unemployment rate is really high compared to the rest of L.A. County. The median household income for the area is $44,000 compared to $73,000 for the rest of L.A. County. So there's a huge disparity there in terms of the economics of the area with the rest of the county. Now, maybe before, you know, before the L.A. riots, there may have been more mom and pop businesses. But you go to the landmark on Pico and Westwood, there are all types of little businesses around there employing all types of people. And none of that happens here. And that's what leads to all of this dissatisfaction with society. Coming up after the break, a new train line, the Crenshaw Light Rail, enters South L.A. Samantha, before the break, we were talking about these broken promises of economic investment in South L.A. since the 92 riots. But now there's this new project in South L.A., decades in the making, a light rail that's going to connect to the rest of L.A.'s light rail system. How did it come about? So government officials started pushing the idea of this light rail system or a trolley system right after 1992. 
There were government officials that said that South LA was so cut off and isolated from other areas that private investment would cite that as a reason for not coming in. But things really didn't start until much later. The line wasn't approved till 2009. Construction didn't start till 2014. And the line has still yet to open. What took so long? It was a lot of discussion about how the line would work, where there would be stops. There were also construction issues, delays on delays. So it took a long time to get to where it is today. The rail line is going to connect places like Inglewood and Westchester to LAX, the airport. It cuts right through the heart of Los Angeles. But there was a time that it wasn't even going to go through a lot of South LA. Right. So there was a plan initially where there would not be a stop in Lamert Park, um, which is the heart of LA's Black arts and culture scene. And community members really pushed to get a stop there. They wanted the foot traffic. They wanted people to stop in this historic neighborhood and really benefit the businesses there. And, and they finally succeeded. And there is going to be a stop there in Lamert Park. Samantha, that new Crenshaw rail line, it's finally supposed to open sometime this year. Does Metro, which runs the station, do they expect it's going to be used a lot? Yeah, they expect that there's going to be a lot of foot traffic there. They expect that there's going to be a lot of people going into the current businesses, maybe even new businesses coming up on the line to take advantage of commuters coming in and out. There's hopefully going to be more jobs. There's a, a transportation school that's going to be coming up to help train people for new transportation jobs associated with the line. So it, it has been billed as something that's going to really benefit the community and, and really in, increase the economic development there. This is the big promise that all these politicians made 30 years ago in a way. Right, right. And the people you actually spoke to, though, who live and work in South L.A., like James, the bookstore owner, and Jathan, the youth organizer, how do they feel about it? So they're cautiously optimistic. They're excited about the opportunities that it could bring. Um, they were able to advocate for there to be two stops, uh, one at Slauson and one uh, right here in Lemur Park, so that the folks in the community can also have access to the train station and then uh, uh, will benefit from the revenue that's being generated from the businesses being built here Yeah. because of the train station. Okay, so it's a beautiful thing. But they're also wary. Some folks described it as a double-edged sword, that they're excited that there could be more economic development, which is something they've pushed for for a really long time. I had mixed feelings about it, but I also thought, too, that, you know, it's a steady march of progress, that L.A. needs to have the kind of transit system that London has. But on the other hand, with the train coming through, housing prices go up, rents can go up, both for homes and businesses. And they're worried that people who have lived there for a long time are going to be pushed out of the area because they can't afford it anymore. It's interesting because I did a couple of columns in South L.A. recently, and you see that new development. Like, you see it sort of on the outskirts of some parts of South L.A. You're driving around all these historic buildings, and then there's, like, hipster lofts here and there. But you're the business reporter. You're the one who knows these numbers. What are the trends that are actually happening in South L.A.? 
So over the last decade, home values in South LA have increased faster than the rest of LA County. So between March 2012 and March 2022, the home values nearly tripled in South LA and growth in the rest of LA County was a lot slower. At the same time, you know, you see a lot of commercial developments going up. There's a new luxury high-rise tower in West Adams where rents for a one-bed, one-bath apartment are around $3,000. You're seeing this sort of price increase all across the board, and residents are concerned. I mean, a professor I had spoken with who saw that the home prices around her home are tremendously increasing, which makes her think, can anyone in this neighborhood afford to buy and stay there? Samantha, so much of our memory of the riots and what we think is a legacy of the riots is always about police brutality. It's always about the violence and the devastation. But the people that you talk to, how do they view the legacy of the riots? A lot of folks really cite that economic factor that it seemed like South LA was really exempt from a lot of the development and a lot of the progress that the rest of LA was making, that South LA was a forgotten part of the community. I think that we look at the riots and we look at Latasha Harlins, we look at Rodney King, but we don't look at the fact that people didn't have jobs. Their community is deprived of services. And they say that a lot of the lessons about making sure that all parts of the city are included in economic growth have not really been learned today still. Samantha, thank you so much for this conversation. Thanks, Gustavo. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Kasha Brasalian, Kinsey Moreland, and Ashley Brown were the jefas in this episode. And our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, Kasha Brasalian, Ashley Brown, Angel Carreras, and David Toledo. Our editorial assistants are Madeline Amato and Carlos de Loera. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editor is Kinsey Moreland. Our executive producers are Hasmin Aguilera and Shawnee Hilton. And our theme music is by Andrew Eatman. Like what you're listening to? Then make sure to follow The Times on whatever platform you use. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back next week with all the news in the smart. Gracias.